Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. This is Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 80, and you are listening to the voices of the High Priest of Conchu for the first time in 2019. It's, it's great to be back. I am one of your hosts, uh, High Priest of Conchu, Ray, and with me, of course, is the other High Priest, Connor Shu. Connor, how are you? Hello, I am doing well and very glad to be uh, back in the hot seat. Uh, we had a bit of a late week last week just because of work uh, pushing me under the deep waves, but I am back, ready than ever, for a pretty big episode this week, kicking kicking it off big for 2019. Yep, yeah, I mean, geez, Connor, Conchu uh, has been working you to the bone there with uh, with work. Hopefully, hopefully things have been easing up lately, have they? Oh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, but I'm fine. The time, it's yeah. What we are, do, are you, yeah. Are you still still finding time to to read some of the good stuff? Some of yeah, the yeah. It's been a few, it's been a couple of good cracking weeks for comics as well. If anyone's been diving in at home, so yeah, no. Yeah, right. Um, and before that, I mean, I guess um, welcome, welcome all the loony listeners Hello, out everyone. there listening to us. <laughs> uh, it has been a while, as Connor mentioned. Yeah, we we did take a, a slightly longer break uh, due to work and scheduling as well. Um, but I wanted to to ask anyway. Um, it may, may seem like a forever, you know, now. But how was your how was your New Year's, Konoshu? Yeah, I was pretty strong. Um, uh, Christmas the big one. We had all the family up. Then they all kind of departed just before New Year's. Mm-hmm. Just kind of spent that one lousing about, so I wasn't partying hard like you probably were. No, <laughs> hardly. <laughs> no, no. But um, I don't know. Were there were there like massive New Year's celebrations like in and around your town, or um... I think Talbot has a fairly decent one, but we got Brisbane yeah. like two hours away. That's where the yep. big fireworks go off. Uh, um. Queensland at least, but I'm, I wasn't cool enough to head up there, so I'm sorry, I can't report back, everyone. <laughs> uh, what about yeah, yourself yeah. down in Sydney? Yeah, it was it was pretty good. We, um, I mean, Christmas was great. We we kind of combined the families together, uh, had them all over at our place, um, all had a little play with Finn, little Finn. Uh, and then New Year's Eve, yeah, we, we, we made our way to North Sydney over the bridge. Uh, one of our friends has a place like really right on the water over there. So we had a great view from the other side of the bridge, you know, the massive Sydney fireworks. Uh, so we saw it, it was, it was just as spectacular. Uh, it was great. It was, uh, it was good. Nothing too crazy. The only crazy thing was the, uh, cause we public transported. It was actually transporting, getting back home. That was a bit of a, bit of an adventure. We had, uh, Eve's parents with us and we ended up having to walk, you know, to a distant station to try and catch a train because it was a bit of a debacle. I uh, got home late. had uh, had Finn in the carrier, so he was um, he was dead weight. He was he was passed out. He slept, <laughs> but we were we were trekking and walking the streets up until about four o'clock in the morning. So uh, it was yeah, no, it was good. It was good. It's Finn's first Christmas in years. So um, I'm not sure how much he'll remember. Probably none. But we've got photos and videos, uh, and uh, we had a blast. So that was fun. Uh, that was really good. Um, did you get any? I mean, like you know, the season. It is the the season's for giving. I'm sure you gave a lot, and and you know, gave a lot to your to your family and friends. Did you uh, receive anything Moon Nighty or mm. or comic related? I got some good uh, comic related stuff. Plenty of nice bips and bods. Some nice 
hard covers as well. A few books to get me back and actually reading Yo, books without lovely. pictures. But uh, no Moon Knight. I'm oh, okay. He's a bit. Uh, he's a bit. Uh, he's a bit gone at the moment. Yeah, he's a bit. Um, Where he uh, at? I think. Yeah, I think we're, I think we're in a bit of a, a dry patch with Moon Knight. <laughs> we're kind of where, as all loonies are patiently kind of just waiting for some sort of news on on Moon Knight and what's happening. Look, we got the uh, the epic collection which came out, Final Rest. Yeah, the third just one. in between episodes. I think that's very nice. Mm-hmm. That, uh... Yeah, I believe the last episode that we had, we were talking about it as a stocking filler. Um, oh, yeah, a big one, a big one. Yeah, I certainly um, I, I went out and and uh, purchased one as soon as I could. So I've got one there uh, that which complements. I think it it um, finishes off the whole mensch run for volume one, which incidentally is uh, one of the one of the things we'll be discussing tonight, Konishu. Um We're getting way ahead of ourselves. Uh, we forgot to introduce to the loonies, Konishu, so maybe you'd like to uh, let our fair loonies know what we have on the table for tonight. Oh, yeah, like I said, a nice big one. We're actually doing, um, combining last week's supposed to be episode with this week's, and we're cracking into a spotlight on Randall Spector, returning mm. back to a villain's spotlight. We haven't done that in quite some time. And then yeah. after that, we continue our classic run by looking into issue two of Moon Knight Volume 1 the slasher who does something at night or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, another another mensch classic. I mean, yeah, we'll get into the slasher. It. The slasher, yeah. We'll definitely get into it into our, into our discussion, but um both the meaty topics to talk about. Um I guess before we get into any bits of news of Moon Knight uh in the media, Oh look, let, let's um, we can do that. We can kind of combine it in there. It's only because I'm thinking, Konishu, there was a little bit of a, a Moon Knight. I I haven't read it yet, but this week's comics, or last Ooh. week, sorry, sorry, last week's comics, I believe, or was it this week's? Uh, there was a bit of Moon Knight mentioned in the Avengers. Did you see that? Oh, I did not. I am. Um, I just picked up all the back issues of Aaron's Avengers run. I've only read the big seven hundred mm-hmm. issue, cause, but now people are Ooh. saying it's um. You know, finally gotten good, so I've picked up all the back issues, so I'll be getting there yeah. eventually. But yeah, another another drop. What happened this time? Uh, it was only. It was literally. Uh, I mean, this is courtesy. Um, I think one of the loonies uh, did. Oh no, actually, I, I'll shout out to Brian, Brian, Mister Satan, Biggie from one of the co-hosts from Inner Demons, a Ghost Rider podcast. Ooh. He Love actually. Oh, they're great. They're awesome, awesome dudes. Uh, he let let it be known to me, but also. Um, a friend on Twitter, just Zilla, um, sent over a panel. It's only literally one panel of I can't even remember who's talking. I think one of the Dora Milaje, uh, or could be Shuri talking to one of the Avengers, uh, and talking about membership into the Avengers. And one of the characters mentions that they they put a call out to like Shang Chi, um, to oh god I can't remember the other characters, but. They mentioned that they put a call out to Moon Knight, and he politely declined to join the Avengers, um, which is uh, which is pretty cool. Um, I don't know how that factors in with Aaron's overall maybe plans for Moon Knight because we do know well Moon Knight has been seen. Well, no spoilers, Connor, for all the back issues. Back issues. Have you read Seven Hundred? Yeah, I did read Seven Hundred. Okay, oh, okay. Well, oh, okay. Well, then you've seen it there as well. There's that beautiful splash page. Where yes. they're talking, yeah, and, and you're hinting what's to come, mm. and hopefully, fingers crossed, please, 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 that means something is in the pipelines. 
Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know how this factors into potential plans by Aaron. Uh, if Moon Knight doesn't want to join the Avengers, um, I kind of liked him in the Secret Avengers. You know, the kind of like the X Force of of Avengers. Um, you know, being a bit of a, a secret uh, black ops unit, I reckon he'd do well there. Uh, but he's very much still a lone wolf, isn't he? I mean, he doesn't want to join the Avengers at all, it seems. Definitely, and I find that interesting, just like... Well, I find it interesting that still, uh, Avengers are still looking into Moon Knight. I thought after all these years they might finally just give up on him, but I guess <laughs> he's too good too good to miss. And, but yeah, yeah, we know some some bloody big things are coming that are just, I guess, go a larger scale than I think anything we've seen Moon Knight do before. So, you know, he doesn't join the Avengers, but I think he'll be playing a very uh, important role to come. Yeah, I mean, let's let's um, take a while to, I mean, uh, to paraphrase one of our good loonies, Squeaky, uh, let, let's speculate about this a bit. So, so you reckon um, Aaron has dropped it a couple of times. He dropped it in the Legacy that that one shot legacy issue all the way oh god it was almost a year ago when that dropped uh which spoke of um worshippers of Konshu felt some sort of disturbance you know in the force kind of thing and then we get it again in 700 with him showing moon knight seemingly leading a pack of like mum- mummies or something um what what do you think is happening in in that mind of Jason Aaron's Konshu do you think we'll We'll get something. Do you think he'll helm something? Yeah, well, I think he's... Um, from what I understand, he's definitely building to something big. Um, mm-hmm. So we already have the latest arc upcoming after this latest issue 12 is a big vampire arc with Blade fighting against... I think it's like Dracula and all these great classic Marvel like undead baddies. So oh, it's going to be I, so cool. Oh, yeah. So I'm definitely picking it back up for that. And then I think what's happening later is that Obvious that I think Aaron has big plans for making Moon Knight a more supernatural entity and making Conchu more realized, especially since he's Ooh. done the um, Marvel Legacy that has like old Odin and the Phoenix Force and the first Iron Fist. I think he's going to tie yeah. into that. How obviously I think he's going to try and make Conchu a real god like he has been before and make Moon Knight a proper spiritual entity, which I think. I think Aaron's run on Avengers is going to be big, so I think this is going to be like an event within the Avengers that is going to see Moon Knight leading this army in some massive world-ending event that we'll see happening. So oh, I didn't man, give it that... time, but I think I think Aaron will deliver. I've, n- I've never known Aaron to not give us what he promises, even if it's like yeah. his Thor run and he teases out. It's not until three years later we see it, but I think this will be big, it'll be true, and it'll happen. Just got Just got to wait it out. I really, I really hope so. The, the only concern I have is that, uh, especially in that issue 700, he paints a huge canvas. Like, it's not only just Moon Knight. You see all these other characters. You see almost a, it seems, I don't know, it seems like a a cosmic daredevil. I think that's the right f- um, picture I'm thinking of. Uh, you see Punisher in a weird garb as well. Like, so there's a lot happening. What I'm, concern about and i'm hoping it's not is that it's just a broad brush stroke and he's just going to encapsulate this and it's going to kind of come in a wave it's going to be part of a huge event like as you say but uh we might not get into the details of each and every facet of it you know we won't get into a, a moon Knight thing uh look if anything there might be a limited series of it uh you know similar to what they did with infinity wars where you have um 
like the Arachnite, and you have Sleepwalker, which was a four-parter, a uh, four-parter, something like that. You have Arachnite, which is a two-parter. We might get mini mini serieses. Um, I'm hoping there's a lot more to it as well. Uh, what I also thought as well, Connor, was that I saw some covers to the later Avengers uh, issues coming up, and this seemed. And speaking to Brian again, Brian, um, Brian Brimstone Biggie, and I. I saw one of uh, of Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider, and there seeming to be uh, an arc of, of Robbie Reyes going towards the dark side, so to speak, and being evil. I would love to see because they are they are quite comparable, Ghost Rider and Moon Knight. Um, Brian and I were having a chat just today about why 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 aren't there more Moon Knight Ghost Rider team ups? You know because they're both about vengeance is avatar of vengeance and spirits of vengeance um robbie reyes he does have this almost conchu voice in his head which is uh his uncle eli which you know is that kind of evil spirit um oh right yeah so i i don't know maybe maybe there's scope there if there's a if there's a heavy arc on ghost rider maybe hopefully aaron can do can fit shoehorn moon knight in there somewhere i don't know um, but there's a lot of potential there, and I guess we as loonies are just excited that we see Moon Knight um, pop up once his series has ended in, in the Avengers, and still mentioned, um, so he's on the radar. Um, so yeah, we can only just wait and see, I guess. Um, yeah, so, um, and like, and yeah, I think I think it just comes down to the fact that, you know, we've currently got... Um... You know, this Blade thing coming. I think it'll work its way through that. Like, yeah, maybe, right, the Ghost Rider one will be next. Maybe yep. Moon Artana that. Or even, I don't know, maybe even be its own thing later on. Mm. I can't wait for this Blade thing, Connor. That That is really cool. I mean, and, and they've kind of set that up, haven't they? There's been Blade. Blade has been appearing everywhere, like sporadically, hasn't he? And, and it all kind of culminated at the end of 700. Um, which was uh, I remember that put a smile on my face. Um, where you was it the wasp that went to to get him? Yeah, he was like, was he chained so up? Cool. I think. Or? Yeah, he was chained up. So uh, he was kind of rescued uh, by by the wasp uh, and brought over. And I guess you know, kicking off being made a, an Avenger, and that will kick off this whole vampire arc, which would be pretty cool. But um, anyway, we will have to wait and see. Uh Righto. Well, there's there's only there's only a few other bits of news. I I was really scraping the bottom of the barrel here, Connoisseur, when it came to Moon Knight. We're back and at I, it again. I know, I know. And we we did say we're going to cull all this crap and and just you know really stick to decent news. But the fact is, it is a bit of a lean season for us at the moment. Um, so apart from those appearances in the Avengers. Uh, one of the bigger things was there was a bit of a conversation happening over at Twitter. Kind of sure. I'm not sure if you managed to catch that or uh, or were privy to that discussion by one Donny Cates. Yeah, we had um uh, it, uh what for Miss Sparky Malarkey dropping it in our loony bin chat. Mm. Yeah. Yes. That's- yeah, she weighed in as well. She um she was she was getting into it. It was it was pretty cool. Um, basically, loonies. Uh, what had happened was someone had posited a question to Donny on Twitter saying that, you know, would he be amenable to to write Moon Knight? Um, 
and that's caused a, you know, that caused a... Oh, he actually opened the floodgates. He said, uh, look, I'd have to know the character first. I know nothing about him. And then he said stuff like, you know, um, what, you know, what can you tell me about him? Or what are the good runs and stuff like that? And uh, everyone kind of weighed in there. Uh, everyone, all I think all the all the loonies got quite excited. Uh, and, and rightly so as well. He's been a great... He's been a boon for Marvel, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. I think everyone loves almost just about everything he's done. Venom, Thanos, Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. Cosmic Ghost Rider. It's just been knockout after knockout. And he's won a few awards. Uh, was it? I can't remember which awards they were, but he won it for, for Venom, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. I think he also he won, won it for... Won something for God Country, his counting, right. his first image okay. series. I mean, he's, he's such a talented writer. He can obviously he can he can write for the big companies, but he also has that creative flair to um, to really do well with his independent stuff. So, uh, have you read God God's Country? Or? No, I don't. I've had it sitting there for like two years. I'm really oh, you've got bad. it. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll probably be, to be bloody good. Yeah. Yeah, you'll you'll probably be very used to his style now. Like you've probably read a lot of his stuff now, uh, and then probably when you pick up, it, it's going to be like really a real fun, real easy read. I'd imagine. Yeah, oh, and you know it was his first and knocked it out of the park. So, mm. yeah, well, he's definitely talented as well. I think uh, also I'd like to do another little shout out. Um, one of our collective as well. Uh, they're called the Fantasy Comic League (FCL). They had their own Stan Lee Awards uh, inaugural. Oh, awesome. uh, they've changed actually. They changed the name of it to Stan Lee uh, in honor um, to the passing of the great man last year. And uh, yeah, Donnie cleaned up there as well uh, amongst the community. So uh, very much. Uh, I mean, it's without saying now, is it? I mean, most comic book readers know uh, the impact that Donnie Cates has had. Um, so what do you think of him actually, if he does take on the reins of Moon Knight, would you like to see that? It's probably an obvious question, Connor. But oh, would you yeah, like... I mean, 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, I was just thinking before, maybe we have to wait till Aaron's thing is over before we can get Moon Knight, because it looks like yeah. that's going to be a fairly drastic change for Moon Knight. But I think Kate's can just do anything with any character. Like It's not unusual for you know, a writer to be given... You know, because Marvel and DC have, like, every issue they've ever published in these big, you know, easy-to-get-to warehouses for all new writers. So sometimes they'll just mm. go, can you write this character? They'll give them the back issues, and they can just take it away from there. So it wouldn't surprise me, just in this limitless knowledge, and Cates is always looking to do something new. I could always imagine him taking up Moon Knight. So, yeah. It'll be good. There's only a little bit of me thinking, um, still smarting, from our little damnation adventure, though. I mean, albeit I know he wrote it with Nick Spencer, um, but uh, look, uh, in all honesty, I wasn't the biggest fan of how Moon Knight was portrayed in there. I know some people loved it as well, which is fine. I mean, like um, they did, they did appreciate the the lightheartedness he his role did play in in that whole adventure. Uh, albeit he was kind of, I mean, almost lost amongst the sea of characters within there. And again, uh, the likes of Ghost Rider and Doctor Strange were the more important characters in that in that big event. But, you know, I don't know, kind of, if, you, if you compare that, like Moon Knight in Damnation with, oh, sorry, Mr. Knight, with Mr. Knight in the Ellis run, it's just chalk and cheese, isn't it? And I'd much prefer the Mr. Knight in the Ellis run. 
Oh yeah, and I think that's kind of um, it's kind of a f- a funny now that Kate admits that he didn't know anything about Moon Knight. So I wonder if he just wrote <laughs> Moon Knight that's with true. no knowledge, or Spencer wrote it after that. So yeah, I think I think the Damnation Run is quite a damning, if you will, representation of Moon Knight. <laughs> it's just it's, it's just not great. But I think if given the reins, you'd be given the right material to read to really understand the character properly. Yeah, I guess you'd have to give him the benefit of the doubt. He has done really good work with Venom. I mean, he's really gotten into the character there, hasn't he? It's it, it, He kind of understands... He understands Eddie Brock, and he's, he's taken it even further as well. So um, you can't... you know, And same with Thanos as well. It, it's, it just added so much to the character. So I guess if he does handle a solo character as opposed to... And does it by himself? Doesn't have? It's, he's not part of a team like he was with Nick Spencer. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we'll get more of a, an accurate representation of Mister Knight at least. So, um, yeah. Uh, look, well, moving along with our news. Look, Connor. There's only three other smaller things here. Uh, look, the first one was. Yes, another one of those sorts of articles. It's, uh, it was titled, Every Marvel Hero Rumoured to Appear in the MCU After Avengers Endgame. And yes, of course, you guessed it, Moon Knight was in the mix there. Nothing special there. Konoshu, this is this is harking back to our episodes one and two, isn't it? When, we're, when we were finding articles like this, and we were quite excited. But, you know, 80 episodes in, uh, it just the sheen is, is worn off for these sorts of articles for me. How about you? Oh, yeah, God. And I think um, at this point, the amount of times the Russo brothers and stuff has said, you know, they're not ready for Moon Knight yet. And, you know, they're, wor- they're, you know, they're trying to work on scripts, but they're finding it tough and whatever. I just, yeah, mm-hmm. I just don't think there's any validity to these anyway. You know, yeah. they're just trying uh, to get some good clicks. So Yeah, exactly. It, it is. It's just clickbait. So basically, this wanted you to click onto it and, again, just... Dream about what could be after the, the the only thing we'll just have to wait after Endgame, won't we? And then just wait yeah. for the announcement. Hope it's, for it's, the best. Exactly. Not until Feige actually announces something. That's the time to get excited. Uh, all this is just you know speculation. It's it's all the same. Anyway, uh, also there's another article as well. This is from Geeks Worldwide. This, this was pretty surpri- cool. This was good. Um, it didn't make the top ten. So they they had the top ten uh, comic book covers of 2018, uh, and there have, been, there have been beautiful covers in Moon Knight, especially uh, from, from Jason Burroughs in the, in the Bemis run. Uh, so it didn't make the top ten. Uh, the likes of beautiful covers in X-Men Red. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar, Konishu, with all those. Um, Love X-Men those, Red? Yeah, those covers are brilliant. And anyway, number one, uh, Nightcrawler comes in at number one there. I uh, really rightly so. Um, but Moon Knight, uh, let me just, I'm just scrolling down. Uh, the other likes of Thor, Wonder Woman, Darth Vader, they all get a mention in there. Uh, Moon Knight gets an honourable mention, and that is for his... Uh, 191. 191. Which is the cool uh, uh, Marlene and Mark in front of the burning house, which is the oh, right. thing or whatever that famous picture is. Oh, the uh, American Gothic. That's um, the one. Right, 191. Okay, wow. I mean, that is a, a gorgeous cover. I mean, so I, there were so many good covers in, in Moon Knight. I, uh, it actually surprised me, but that was that was the one that was chosen. Um, 
Uh, do you have a favorite a favorite cover from from Moon Knight? Bemis's run, just just the Bemis's Bemis run. I think yeah. two hundred might top it for me. Um, the uh, oh, Becky, Becky Clunan cover, yeah, Clunan cover. I don't think yeah. much tops that for me. Um, yeah, I, I think the they la- were all great, honestly. You know, if there's one thing yeah. Bemis's run excelled at, it was bloody covers. But I, yeah, I yes. think it might be that 200. You know, Becky Cloner, once she took over, just, you know, didn't stop <laughs> knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Yeah, that w- that was a pretty good one. Um, there was that, uh, I like that Labyrinth one as well. It was just stark black and white with uh, Moon Knight in the foreground. I thought that was good. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, actually, yeah, that American Gothic one was quite good. <laughs> I'm just thinking all the other all the others were good as well. Like Moon Knight, he was uh, surrounded by sharks. I mean, there are things that that make it good because it's unexpected, and you know, last thing you'd expect would be Moon Knight underwater, chained, you know, with sharks, you know, swimming around him. I thought that was pretty memorable. Um, and of course, I think the 188. I think Moon Knight hanging off the rooftop, yeah, one of the water coolers, yeah, with the eye of uh, Horus, is it? Um, just looking at him, I thought that was I thought that was great. Uh, so anyway, yep, gets a gets a mention. And finally, uh, this is really small. It, it's I think it was closing a rumor, although it's actually worded really weirdly. Uh, at a comic book convention, um, it was Markand. I've forgotten his first name. Is it Ross? Ross Markand uh, from The Walking Dead. Uh, someone asked him on the panel, you, you know, if he would. He would be playing Moon Knight. Um, like, right. you know, is he going to be playing Moon Knight? And he, he just said no. He said, yeah, there, there are no rumours. He loved to play a Marvel character. He, uh, For those who don't know, he plays Red Skull in Infinity War. Uh, you won't, you wouldn't recognise him. Oh, right. Yeah, but he says, uh, but if, it, if he didn't, if he could play a character, he'd play Moon Knight. So uh, nothing concrete. It's just a bit of fun. He's obviously a fan. And uh, yeah, and there you have it. So... Um, bits of scrappy bits of news there, Konishu, but uh, but you know that's uh, that's all we've got so far. Uh, the most exciting bits being, I think, the Avengers appearance uh, and mentions by Moon Knight. Oh, definitely of Moon Knight. Sorry. Um, so with that, Konishu, I think why don't we take a short break? We'll hear from one of our collective members, and uh, we'll be right back for our spotlight on Randall Spector. Hey there everyone, I'd like to tell you about the YouTube channel I Am Your Target Demographic. If you're a fan of comics, we have plenty that you'll enjoy over there, including a series called Heroes Like Us that explores comic characters of all sorts of different identities. And we even have a series that defines words that are used in nerd culture that you may not know what they mean. So you can check us out by heading to YouTube and searching I Am Your Target Demographic or look up IAYTD on any social media outlet. Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the first episode of 2019. You are with High Priest of Conchu, Connor and Ray, and we're here to give you a double dose of reviewing. Uh, The first one being a character spotlight, and the second one will finish the show off with a classic run review, uh, which is uh, Doug Mench's Moon Knight number 2, The Slasher. But first, Konishu. Okay. Uh, we haven't done this in a while. We're doing a, a spotlight. So 
We're doing the spotlight because last week, um, when we couldn't do the episode, was a new moon. So that um, Conchu decreed was a spotlight. And so we chose to talk about Randall Spector, the, I don't know, the darker brother of the uh, of, of Eli Spector. Um, yeah, and the yeah. more psychotic. Of, uh, so, yeah, Conchu, um, I guess first overall thoughts on Randall. Oh, or maybe should we describe? Should we describe him? Um, yeah, let's what, go into you know. Let's kind of run through who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Let's do that first. All right. So, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Well, uh, where shall we start, Connor? <laughs> so I guess um, so. Randall first appeared in. We cover this one too. Uh, Hulk magazine was it seventeen? Seventeen or eighteen? Yeah, yeah. One of those. He was uh he was known then as the Hatchet Man and basically they re- they tried to add something new to the Moon Knight mythos while he was still very much in his infancy that Randall Spector was his brother mm-hmm. who also became a mercenary but ended up betraying Mark uh back in Italy when uh he killed Mark's then girlfriend and they you know they'd grown up uh and that was all we knew they kind of had a rough childhood together and uh yeah. you know they fought for a while Back in Italy, then Randall disappeared. Then all these years later, Moon Knight's on the street and the Hatchet Man returns looking for Moon Knight. It's a decisive battle, but Randall ends up dying. And then yeah. and then we kind of... <laughs> we don't really hear much about then, and then we kind of jump to the Mark Spector era where apparently that old Randall was an imposter. And I don't really know about much about this Mark Spector thing, so I might leave mm-hmm. this to you if you remember. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, as you say, very very loosely tied up or, or retconned uh, in in them saying that that actually wasn't Randall uh, during the Hulk magazine 17 and 18 because, uh, yeah, that was a bit weird. So, yeah, he did die. And the funny thing about Randall Spector is that... Uh, so he, he appears uh, in three major occasions during Moon Knight's canon and each and every time he dies, so um, but he comes back. Uh, so anyway, as you said, yeah, the first one, Hatchet Man, very scary for me. I think it was, I don't know about you, Connor, but like as the Hatchet Man with the pajama bottoms and the the Halloween mask and the hatchet, he was quite he, he cut quite a, a scary figure. Yeah, he was uh, a pretty decent villain for you know such yeah. early issues. He was, and and there was no shimming away from from showing any graphic content. Like, he goes as far as uh, burying a hatchet or an axe in Marlene's back herself, and she ends up in hospital in, in this arc, which was uh, which occurred in Hulk 1718. And uh, so she ends up in hospital. I don't know for the life of me. I don't know how she survived. I mean, from the when we covered it and, and looking through the comic, I mean, it was full force. There was nothing, unless she rolled... She rolled with the with the um, <laughs> the slasher. I don't know, but she survives anyway, which thankfully is good. But yeah, he, he um, absolutely terrorizes New York with um, with killing nurses and and as you mentioned before, we get into the next. Actually, sorry, Connor, to to sidetrack um, the brief history, but I guess it'd be good to just uh, spend a little time on this first, I guess, chapter in Randall's. Uh, Randall's appearances in Moon Knight. So as you mentioned, he had this uh, um, 
this rivalry with his brother Mark, and and in Italy as they're both mercenaries, there seemed to be some sort of falling out. I can't remember why. Uh, it may have been because of Randall's um, mo or how he did things that maybe rubbed Mark up the wrong way. Not unlike Bushman in in. Um, as we see in, in volume one, but anyway, they have a bit of a fracas. Um, there's a there's a it goes into a bit of detail. There's a bit of um, there's like grenades thrown at each other. Uh, like marks pinned behind it, either a tree or a rock. I can't remember, but it's quite a vicious fight between the two brothers, and it culminates yep in in Randall killing Mark's I'm assuming Italian girlfriend at the time. Um, so that uh, but what happens with this grenade fight? I think it, it, it then continues. Um, and Randall gets hideously injured, right? You know, he gets literally kind of blown up. Um, I'm just, I always think of, you know, Jigsaw um, from The Punisher. But anyway, so he gets, um, he gets injured. He goes into hospital, and this is where it ties into him wearing the pajamas and him killing nurses. Uh, I believe his first victim you know, when he came out of his coma or injuries, was he killed the nurse at the hospital. Um, something snapped in his mind. He went more insane than, than his usual, and that's kind of what triggered him off into this kind of psychopathic, um, very, uh, for me, the scariest iteration of him because it because it's the most real. It's like he, he's just a, a well-trained, um, you know, well-honed guy, who has no compunction to... Yeah, it's kind of what we'll talk yeah. about later, what makes the slasher so great. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So anyway, so that's uh, the first bit. And as you say... But then, as you say, he dies in <laughs> at the end of this Hulk uh, magazine. He then he then turns up again um, in Mark Spector, Moon Knight. And... Uh, he it's discovered that he is kind of part of um a cult like the cult of Konshu. so we see bits of this as well uh during it's not i wouldn't say set up but uh there there's an appearance of i believe the cult of Konshu uh in the moon knight and ghost rider team up uh, that was uh written by Howard Mackey and drawn by Mark Bagley fantastic i think the guys again at Inner Demons. I think they review it, uh, and I jumped on their show to talk about it as well. One of the one of the really good issues, kind of. You've got to you've got to read it if you haven't. Well, well drawn, really fun. Um, has a over the top nineties villain called Plasma. Um, she's just she's just psycho. She's a mutant. Anyway, so she leads a band of um, these Cult of Conchu people, uh, and anyway, they're defeated, but they turn up again um, in. Uh, Mark Spector Moon Knight issues 35 to 38 so this is an art called Blood Brothers uh, and in here he's um, I guess he's no longer uh, he's no longer totally human uh, he has a, still a penchant for using an axe and, and killing nurses which is a bit of a tie but it is a bit strange because as you say he's been retconned as it not being really him in the Hulk magazine. So anyway, he's he's got the pajama bottoms, he's got the the axe. He likes still killing, I guess nurses. Um but he's also granted uh lunar treatments by the leader now of the um the the cult of Konshu and that is Princess Nephis. 
and she kind of gives him kind of like kind of like Luke Cage. She gives him impenetrable skin and uh, superhuman strength. And so with that, he becomes more of a formidable character against Moon Knight. Um, they they cause all sorts of havoc. Um, Moon Knight teams up with the Punisher this time. Very cool. In the 90s, like the Punisher was very popular. Uh, so to have him in the books may have been to try to boost sales. It could have been for Moon Knight. Uh, but it, nevertheless, it was fun to have have the Punisher alongside Moon Knight. During that run as well, you actually see, of course, you see Moon Knight and Punisher tussle as well. There's a bit of a, you know, there's a bit too much testosterone there, Connor, <laughs> uh, between the two, um, which is funny because originally the Punisher always uh, seemed to respect Moon Knight um, because he kind of, I guess he kind of empathised, if you can actually say that of the Punisher, empathising with someone. Uh, but he empathised with Moon Knight's, uh, Moon Knight's mission of, of basically being an avatar of vengeance. Um, but in this iteration, in this arc, the Blood Brothers, he uh, rubs up, uh, they, they kind of they get into a bit of a fight. So uh, that happens. Um, uh, Randall again. I think he attacks Marlene. So it's almost as if kind of like a, it's kind of like a soft recon, a soft reboot of the Hulk seventeen eighteen arc, uh, to me, but but with superhuman strength and unbreakable skin, um, and yeah. And anyway, uh, what happens at the end? He um, he dies at the end again. I um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Oh god, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, anyway, he um, yeah he he doesn't he doesn't survive. I can't remember if he. I think he falls off the roof or something. I, I can't remember at the hands of the Punisher or Moon Knight. But he he meets an end there, uh, and then he disappears for a while. And um, and he returns again, Connor, in, in in the third resurrection, so to speak. Yeah, he pops up um, in Shadowland. So, Shadowland is the big event where a dark spirit takes control of um, Daredevil, and he becomes the leader of the Hand, leading a big, massive street-level war. And uh, Moon Knight is one of the people, you know, who is set to, you know, fight Daredevil. But Daredevil realizes he's a threat, so he contacts a pretty great villain, uh, the Profile. Well, villain, yeah, guy. We all love him from the uh, Houston run, uh, and yeah. he and Daredevil wants the profile to get someone to kill uh, Moon Knight. So he finds Randall Spector by discovering probably something cool where he realizes that, rightfully so, that Mark's belief in Moon Knight himself is by because he believes he's special and the one true avatar of vengeance. So he finds Randall and convinces a very, you know, about to kill himself, you know, lived in suffering just completely in the dark, you know, nothing's good gone in his life since forever. And mm-hmm. uh, he convinces him that he's now the true, um, you know, avatar of vengeance and that he needs to become Shadow Knight, I believe, is what he's called, and uh, kill kill Moon Knight to become Conchu's one true, you know, son, basically. Mm. And it's also... Oh, sorry? No, no, just, sorry, go on, Connor. I was just saying it's a bit weird. I found this uh, this third um, resurrection of Randall a bit weird as well. Like, he, he got the powers, right? Um, he got these weird, funky powers and became Shadow Knight. Um, 
does it does it mention? I can't I can't remember if it actually mentions how he got them. Like, like he actually, I think he talks to some, how shall we say, um, ladies of the night. You introduced to that in Shadowlands Moon Knight, and he blasts them with something. Yeah, I was, I was confused. I've always been confused on that. I always just assumed he got the eye blast in um, Mark Spector Moon Knight, but apparently not, huh? No, no, not at all. No, he didn't have anything of that. So I'm not sure whether it's Conchu helping him or, or something, uh, but yeah. But you're saying that, you know, obviously the profile is telling Randall that he is the new avatar of Conchu, but does Conchu agree with this at all? If not, then how does he form these latent powers? Yeah, it's a, yeah. Um, a bit of... Uh, we also get, I guess, a bit for a bit more background than I think we ever got on Mark and Randall's relationship as kids in the mm-hmm. Spectre household. You realise that, you know, Randall was quite... Randall and Mark were quite, you know, war-focused, you know, playing their yes. cops and robbers and army men. So pretty violent. Well, just sort of kids, but has that kind of, you know, something more going under the surface. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's obviously that influence for the rest of his life. But the biggest thing was that was rejection from his parents. Uh, poor Randall that drove him to joining the mercenary where he was finally... Um, you know, recognizes something special within himself as a kind of a parallel to um to Mark, and then you know he's and then he loses his wife because he loses you know his job at the army. It's kind of rushed through that, but you kind of yeah. learn that Randall's you know big villain motives were you know really this lack of respect um, from his parents, and he tried to make it up elsewhere, and it led him down a dark path. Yeah, I think uh, we'll get to some of the loony feedback on the characters. I think, and rightly so, uh, Randall has... He's a bit of a patchwork, isn't he, throughout the the Moon Knight canon. Uh, It's almost as if uh, there was an idea at first of what to do with him, or or actually and and then him dying in that Hulk magazine. Uh, Then some writers thought, you know, why don't we bring him back? Uh, he's a bit of a legacy character. Let's make him a legacy character for Moon Knight. And they've tried to kind of bring him in, but it doesn't seem it, it doesn't seem to work. I, I think as well. I find him a very interesting character, and I think he's got a lot of potential. Um, but the reasonings why it's kind of like they're they're kind of reverse engineering it, and it's um it's not it's not I don't know. I'm not 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 buying it. If that, if that makes any sense, like yeah. this whole thing about his family turning him this way, sure, I mean that that could be a, a good reason, but they haven't given to me a good enough reason for him to be the way he is. Uh, yeah, well, I think. Oh, sorry, did you have a bit to finish there? No, I'm just saying that. Then there's a potential there to actually really get into it and stop faffing around with him and, and like you know, uh, and stop killing him after each <laughs> each arc. You know, if you're gonna use him. Like use him like a bushman or a, a or a Morpheus. Keep him around and and have him like you know escape at the end or something and and then build and become more of a villain later. But uh, they've kind of done the damage early and it's it's kind of hard now. He seems to be going along a very bumpy path. Yeah, it's just I I think um I think Chad brought it up when we get to you know, talking about this, but they just tried so hard to add some new edge to Moon Knight's backstory, and they've done mm. it three times, and every time it's just been unsuccessful. It's just, they're trying so hard to make this character something, but 
I don't know. Yeah. It's always just missing something. I never find him... You know, I've read the Mark Spector Moon Knight issues, so I'm really just talking about two here, sorry. But yeah, no, I've sure. just never found him ultimately compelling, you know. He was cool as a slasher villain, but, mm-hmm. you know, his backstory yeah. in Italy wasn't, you know, super amazing. And then we yeah. get to this... Um, Uh, to Shadowland, which I think is actually a pretty a pretty decent miniseries, and I like him as a threat in that. But once again, you know this backstory they give him. Like you're so right about you know the backstory, mm. um, with his family and all that, and it and it just adds more complications. And even timeline wise, you know we've now got the Lemire run, which shows some a yeah. different side of Mark's family. And you know yeah. does that even does Randall even matter anymore? It's just it's yeah. just so different, and uh, he's. And I think he's great at being a formidable foe, but it's just such a ham-fisted attempt to get, you know, some sort of family drama more than just mental illness in Moonlight's yeah. backstory, and it just falls flat on his face every time. Yeah, and also with the, just going on with the Bemis run as well, with with Mark's relationship with his father now. I mean, there's always been a, a strained relationship between Mark's father, Eli, who was a pacifist, and Mark, who obviously loved kind of the military and all that. Uh, so, you know, there's more of the fan, the familial stuff there. Yeah, you're right. I mean, is there room enough now for, for Randall? He seems to be popping up, but he he seems to be kind of like no one really knows what to do with him. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I'm looking up here. I just wanted to also just go back a bit in the Mark Spector thing. So I just looked at his demise here. So he does fall out. Uh, he does fall to, to his death. Um, the Punisher basically... Um, covers in in machine gun uh, bullets. Uh, his unbreakable skin. He's, he starts becoming very brittle, uh, and he almost kind of like cracks away like a, a statue. But he falls down like a multi-story building um, from a hospital because he tries to kill Frenchie, uh, and he becomes literally a broken man. Like uh, there's a there's a, a shot of him on the autopsy table, and his leg is like a like a hundred pieces because he's almost he's almost made out of out of glass or stone um so something there from princess nephis has done something to his uh, physiology um but yes yeah, so he, he dies in that as well but uh yeah it, it's just very it's just very i don't know there are very three distinct stages to him they're all so so different you know the most successful one i think is the mensch one at the beginning with the hatchet man i mean he really was a, a an intimidating figure. Um, I think what they probably could do is just again they'll have to re rewrite him. Um, maybe keep some elements in if they're going to introduce him. But if they want him to last longer, if they want him to actually have some sort of impact, they've got to. I don't know. They've got to put a twist on him somehow. I don't know. Throwing it out there, Connor. Maybe like Sabretooth and Wolverine. Maybe he becomes good for a bit. I don't know. You do do something to kind of make Randall not this one-dimensional, I'm a psycho character um, who just happens to die all the time <laughs> and hate his brother. I mean, that's all he does, doesn't he? Yeah, and that's kind of his only motivation as well. That's it. And, you yeah. know, I think even reading these, I read the Shadowland run again, which I think is, um, you know, it was good. But, you know, I was just reading and I was just so much more interested in um, the um, the profile, reading the profile again. Mm. And then, you know, Shadow Knight shows up and, you know, there's all that fighting and all that, um, 
you know, there's, there's some great introspection with Mark, who's now going yeah. with Jake and Conchu in his head, and that's also interesting, but Randall's just some force of nature attacking him, you know, it's just yeah. nothing about him being Mark's brother made him so special, you know, which is no. obviously what they were so importantly going for. Yeah. And the art in the Shadowlands is glorious with with the Moon Knight thing. I, I must admit, though, I did read that recently as well, Konishu, and uh, I wanted to really like it, Shadowlands Moon Knight, um, because the overall Shadowlands to me wasn't wasn't that crash hot. Um, but I can't say it, it's uh, you know I can't say that I'm rushing to read it again. Um, but the only interesting things for me, exactly as you say, were, were the profile, um, and um, and just seeing Shadow Knight drawn. I think it was really mm. um, the art. I can't remember who the artist was. Very nice indeed. Um, anyway, we do have some feedback from some loonies for Randall Aspector Konishu. Shall we? Shall we get? cracking with these yeah and i feel like you know we spoke a bit about him kind of our thoughts on him and i think the loonies really dropped some great lines in here that adds mm. a lot to our own just to the general discussion so very happy with what we got put in here from our lovely community uh from both our facebook page facebook.com slash itk moon knight and our group uh facebook.com slash group slash itk moon knight all the chat happening there with the, these bunch of lovely people and more yeah, they've got some really great ideas, and look, um, as usual, we'll kick it off. We'll uh, alternate between the two. Um, uh, Connor, Connishi, why don't you go first for, from the Facebook page? Yeah, from Facebook page, we've got uh, great Richard Brown Jr. Uh, always drops in a great line from episode to episode. He says, uh, mm-hmm. Randall's first appearance as Hatchet Man is one of my favorite MK stories. It's such a dark plot as he stalked the streets of Manhattan. His second was an unfortunate retcon, but his last appearance as Shadow Knight was welcomed for the Shadowland tie-in. I was hoping Randall would come back with more development. Yeah. I mean, that pretty much sums up what we were saying. Yeah. He, he, he even really truncates the second appearance in Mark Spector at Moon Knight with just his second was an unfortunate retcon. Yeah. <laughs> and, and thanks, Richard. He's just left it at that. Um, look, look, I think that was a lot in the 90s too, you know, just a lot of weird <laughs> retcons going on. What was happening oh, there? Look, you know, without, without stirring the pot too much, um, this Blood Brothers, which is a pretty fun arc anyway, uh, I much preferred it over that infinity crusade stuff that we that we covered connor in mark specter moon Knight. that was just i have no idea what the hell was going on there uh this was a bit of fun it's got punisher um it, it, there's a bit of action uh the art is decent um but yeah but i mean randall as a character there uh if you if you do if you are a randall fan um was just weird so uh yeah and uh and rightly so richard yeah hoping randall would come back with more development I, you know, I like the character. I think I think there is so much potential there. So uh, let's see what happens. Um, and yeah, maybe whoever is next writing, maybe Donny Cates. Yeah, can do it. Uh, all right. Next, um, we have some messages from our Facebook group. Uh, and uh, do you mind if I take the the next two because they're from the yeah, same of same guy? Yep. So we have uh, very pleased to have. Um, Anthony Sitko, one of our loonies, but also a host on Capes on the Couch, a fantastic podcast. Loonies, get out there, have a look. Uh, we've mentioned it before. It's um, dealing with uh, psychology um, of comic book characters uh, and any mental issues that characters have. And let's face it, 
in the comic book universe, there are a lot of characters with a lot of men- actually a lot of mental issues. I was saying maybe I should re- we should request that to Anthony that they do a uh, they do an episode on Randall Specter. That would be a bit that would be strange. There's not much material. to Yeah, work if with. there's enough there, but if there yeah. is, yeah, yeah, maybe that would be. Yeah. Anyway, um, Anthony says. Uh, can we talk about how much Shadowland sucked? <laughs> they hype up the Crescent as the only thing that can stop the beast. Mark nearly gets killed trying to get it, and then he uses it on Randall with no resolution whatsoever to the main arc. Uh, he goes on, Anthony goes on to say, See, I don't mind the main Shadowland story. I thought it was interesting and a good way to get the street-level guys their own crossover. But Mark's part was entirely superfluous. Uh, Hewitz did a better job on Vengeance of the Moon Knight, uh, but this tie-in was weak sauce. <laughs> um, your thoughts there, Connor, on these comments? I uh, I think I definitely agree. You know, I think um, I think the mini is pretty fun. It's got some fun art and does some pretty violent things. I like the Conchu dynamic. But yeah, I couldn't agree more that I just like Shadowland as a whole. I think it's it's um, got some very good ideas and does some good things with them, but doesn't really pull it together well at all um and yeah those that crescent darts was 100 percent one of the biggest missteps you know <laughs> trying to hype up moon knight for us and just doing nothing with him the power man yeah. iron fist one was good though that was generally good yeah there was some cool there was some cool bits in there um yeah i don't know i, I i'm a dead evil fan as well I, I not the not the biggest fan of of you know him going. I guess it might be similar to um, Secret. Is it Secret Empire? The way that Cap fans were were up in arms, maybe at how Captain America was turned into a Hydra agent. Uh, we all know that that you know was resolved itself later on, and same with this. Daredevil resolved yeah himself during Shadowlands. But yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't my favorite um, Shadowlands thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I agree with you, Anthony, as well. Vengeance of the Moon Knight it is one of my. That's one of the runs that I do like rereading as well. That is a very fun run. Um, mm. A lot of there's enough of everything there. A lot of action. I love Crawley in it as well. Uh, so yeah, um, very cool indeed. Um, we have another one from one of our loyal listeners here, Konishu. Yes, uh, dropping in from Rafael Santos. I just read Shadowland with Randall, and with that story isolated, it looks like he was some... Oh, yeah, I love this theory. This was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, It looks like he was some uh, some of Mark's delusional character, delusion shared with his father. Bemis wrote that his father was kind of insane as well, and it fit as much as Marlene's pregnancy, that she probably didn't lose it, but tried to hide it from Mark, bringing his Deatrice. Of course, I'm wrong about that, but it could explain why he always comes back and fits with Mark's loneliness in Lemire's run when he was a kid, which is a fucking... Brilliant is, theory, Raphael. Yeah. Shout out. If that was canon, I'd yeah. be over the moon. Massive shout out, Raphael. That yeah, I forgot about this. This is this is a brilliant theory. Uh Marvel, if you're listening, sign this guy up. He has got he has got ideas. He he can explain a lot here. That this is yeah, this is fantastic. Even to the point where Marlene's miscarriage is explained as well. Like I love how Raphael says that that it's just a, a ruse to um to hide Deatrice, which again fits in with the Bemis run. So very cool, very cool indeed. Um and Randall as a delusional character. Um Yeah, I, I think that's that's I think that's really cool. 
it almost makes me want to reread it all and see if it's kind of like a sixth sense thing, Connor. See if you can read it as if <laughs> Randall uh, doesn't interact with anyone else. I'm sure he does. But uh, whether he doesn't interact with anyone else and he can just be seen as Mark's delusion. But fantastic, fantastic, Raphael. Keep him coming. This is the sort of thing that we loonies love. Uh, anyway, so we have... Um, Another comment here from the power of Chad. This is Chad, one of our one of our um, mainstay loonies, and obviously one of our um, co-hosts uh, every now and again, and special guest. And anyway, he says Randall is um, a bad attempt at getting even more tragic backstory annexed into Moon Knight's past. In the comics, he's sort of a one-trick pony and lacks real depth of character. I've seen robots with more interesting stories, and I mean that 100%. Whether it's hatchet in hand or wearing dirty bedsheets, Randy is a disappointing attempt at getting real drama and intrigue into the story. But hey, maybe it will change later. Uh, yeah, this pretty much kind of summarised our thoughts, didn't it, Connor? Yeah, very nicely kind of wraps it together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, much yeah. potential, so so wasted. Exactly, and and a one-trick pony. Uh, I think that very, very true. I mean, it's just basically a brother who hates Mark, is insane, and will just try and kill him, you know, with a hatchet. <laughs> so, or, or you know, just just try and kill him, basically. Uh, anyway, Connishu, why don't you take uh, the other ones from Chad as well? But how about you? You wrap up with the the last three comments here. I can do that. Uh, Chad uh, also says, The ideal of Randall is interesting. His delivery always tends to be a tad flat. Almost like no one wanted to flesh him out a bit more, relying on his background to do the work for him. I really hope someone works on him again and finishes putting life into his personality. Very true. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. He needs that. Um, I just feel he needs some sort of edge. He needs some sort of difference. As I was kind of mentioning, does he become good for a bit or whatever? Because he's such a one-trick pony. Uh, it, it's just really one-dimensional. And then uh, two little fun comments. Uh, Dustin says uh, he needs like 200% more axe murdering before I get fully on board his crazy train. <laughs> and Rick, yeah. our 90s loving friend, says he's great target practice for Frank Castle, which I imagine <laughs> happens in uh, the Mark Spector run. He does. Well, yeah, Frank gets in there. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's even target practice. He just sprays him with a hundred bullets, and he's a he's a goner. He falls out a high story window. Uh, yeah, definitely. And from Dustin, cold case Kurtz. Look, uh, I still remember one of Dustin's comments on his Isla Raz with you, Connor. He he mentioned something along the lines of, you know, um, if no one dies in the issue i'm not happy or something like that <laughs> dustin he, he's loving his uh he's loving his gore and graphicness uh of violence so good on you dustin uh yep let's bring more axe murdering into the into the fall so uh yeah so those those were our thoughts on randall specter um i think a rather yeah rather in-depth summary of of him um i i think literally he doesn't turn up anywhere else other than those three instances so um so check them out in the show notes we'll put in those issues where he does um show up and if you want just check him out for yourself um yeah right well we might head off to one other break connor and uh we'll hear again from one of our lovely collective members uh and we'll be back for our lunapic review
Hi, this is Chris. And this is Brian. And we are the hosts of Inner Demons, the Ghost Rider podcast. And you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and other podcast apps for all your Ghost Rider needs. Right on. Yes, welcome back everyone to this mammoth first episode of the year. We're not done just yet. We hit that spotlight now. We got a, uh, a fun little review. We're uh, continuing our run on um, the first volume, the much beloved first volume, the most important first volume, and we're continuing with issue two, uh, the slasher. And I'll hand it over to Ray. Why don't you uh, give us a little, little bit of the credits here? Maybe even our slither. Ooh. Okay, uh, sure. Well, so this is Volume 1, Issue 2, The Slasher, released December 1980. To round off that year, writer Doug Mensch, artist Bill Asinkevich, inker Frank Springer, colorist Carl Gafford, letterer Annette Kowecki, and editors Dennis O'Neill and Mark Grunwald. Right, so, in a sliver... Of this, basically, what happens is that there is a, a serial killer out on the loose, killing homeless people. Uh, Crawley gets involved because his friends on the streets are dying. Um, obviously, Moon Knight is interested in this Skid Row slasher. Turns out that the slasher is Crawley's son, who hates Crawley because he left the family or ruined the family. And uh, it ends in an un- uh, a, a, a an unfortunate death in in the sun. Uh, call, Crawley is bereaved, and everyone is sad. That's it. There you go. Uh, that's basically the slasher. They're obviously, loonies. There's a lot more to it than that. Um, but yeah, that that basically is basically is the gist of it. Um, Oh, I forgot to mention also as well, um, so this, you have no excuses, loonies. This is readily available anywhere. Uh, it's available as a single issue still. I believe one of the loonies, I think it's Noel, um, who also is responsible for our music, Connor. I think he said as well he picked it up at a bargain bin over, over in the US. Uh, it's also a backstory in one of the graphic novels, which I haven't got over here. I think it's, um, I haven't got it listed here. But it is actually a backup story in one of the graphic novels. Uh, it's available on Comixology, Digital, I think Marvel Unlimited. It's in the old Essential Moon Knight Volume 1. And it's in the epic collection Moon Knight, uh, the first one called Bad Moon Rising. So that one's in colour. Um, so, yep, it's readily available everywhere. Um, Connor, first uh, first impressions for for this issue. What did you think this the sophomore issue from Doug Mensch? back at it it is i think the best way to describe it is uh very dated but um underneath that <laughs> is a uh, pretty great story i think this is one of probably one of the more dated issues of um Moch's run uh, Mench's run sorry um but i think yeah under this is it's a pretty great second issue it's a great story that really shows why Moon Knight is different from so many other heroes and the topics they'll be tackling. Mm-hmm, Fleshes mm-hmm. out his char- uh, his um, not only his character, but his world, 
His supporting cast introduces a new status quo and gives a surprisingly, you know, sad and, you know, emotionally, you know, connecting story. You know, the, the writing doesn't quite hold it up anymore in, you know, 2018, but just all these individual pieces of what's underneath is is pretty strong, honestly. And I've said to Ray before, if this was rewritten today, I feel like it'd be pretty pretty damn good issue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, apart from the, as you say, the very dated bits of writing. Um, look, also, having said that as well, I found Mench's writing still very, very... Um, man, he's got glimpses of really nice, you know, mm. very Mench-like stuff. Uh, as even the very first, if I can just read... Uh, it's on the second page. It's at the top. He says, uh, The Bowery at night drips with shadows and an almost palpable mist of despair. Filth, misery, hopelessness and fear, trash in gutters, whimpering dogs, and winos sprawled in doorways. Into this hell slinks a man of erratic gait and strange eyes, a man with a quest. I mean, that's just really nice, a really beautiful piece of writing, right? Um, it's Comics don't call for this sort of writing, but, um, you know... Comics writers are don't get me wrong, writers are great. Uh, comic book writers are great, but um, they don't necessarily have to go in such a, a lyrical. We've said this before, ly- lyrical or poetic sort of prose. Uh, but Mensch does this um, time and time again. This is only the second issue. Uh, there's also another in page six. There's a very small little thing, uh, hardly noticed in the city. The dawn nevertheless breaks. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know that sort of stuff. This stuff could be. Like lyric, like it could be a song. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Um, but yeah, uh, as you say, kind of dated. Um, there are bits here, like as you mentioned, like when you say dated, I'm I'm thinking about. So when Moon Knight first um, attacks these muggers, who's attacking this guy? Uh, what he does is that he explains out loud um, how proud he is of his new weapon. Um, and you know this day and age you wouldn't have heroes going oh maybe this night ain't a total waste after all seeing as how you're kind enough to let me try out my new improved truncheon uh, I, you know this sort of stuff is is a bit um bit corny uh in the writing but nevertheless it it is of its time so um yeah drops yeah. an oriental comment which isn't great these days but all oh, right yes yeah uh where where's that one sorry kind of um, it's like I the first one he's talking lately. about the truncheon. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Orientals swear by him. Yeah, of course. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Um, but God, yeah, I as love you the ma- 80s. Oh, yeah. The, you know, nothing, no holds barred for the, for the 80s here. Uh, yeah, so how are the kids? Yeah, they're still black, but not so proud anymore. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the, uh, you know. But anyway. Yeah, once again. Oh, sorry. Sorry, go on. No, I was just I was just starting a new point, I guess, that, you know, flicking through this, it's just kind of got a lot of that exposition, you know, pages yes. just filled with text boxes upon text boxes. There, It is a meaty bit of writing, isn't it? Um, you know, that's a good and a bad thing. Um, sometimes I do love the fact that the 80s, you do get a lot of prose, not to the point where, obviously, that they're describing what you actually see, which is a double up, but um, sometimes I feel modern comics don't write enough um and I, I don't know sometimes you want sometimes you want to just dive in and like when i did this reread of this issue um i knew that i had a you know a fair bit of time with this issue uh to read through it so you know i just enjoyed it i savored it um but at the same time as you say it can be too verbose 
uh, a bit too much. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you certainly look at the page, they are very filled. Uh, yeah, so I'm sorry, Connor. Um, any uh, any big so big points for, for this issue for you? Uh, yeah, so I'll start off. Um, you know, it's just a really great thing to take. You know, this superhero character and be like, yeah, we'll really stick with the street level by giving him this. You know, what kind of be like Frank Miller-esque that he did uh, later with. Um, you know, Daredevil, or even earlier, I can't remember mm-hmm. the timeline, right? But just the sl- the idea of this slasher is, you know, just a really good, you know, violent villain, you know, kind of even an updated version, the Hatchet Man. Yep. Yes, and it's, it is. It's just a great one. But yeah, I think this one really works just because the way it involves Crawley and Gina, you know, mm-hmm. Crawley gives us a lot of emotional, um, emotional depth to the story. Uh, his character's played out really well. The life of, you know, the, you know homeless people in the streets, that dark, gritty, you know, sad life they live is pretty well represented for, you know, even more, you know, emotional yeah. gravitas, you know, Gina and Crawley both then being revealed, um, you know, Mark revealing uh, his Moon Knight personality to them, getting them to work with him, and, you know, it's just it's just a great expansion in the second issue that really worked. Yeah, and there's, uh, as you mentioned, there's a bit of, there's a bit of social commentary here, as you say, with the homeless people. I think it's furthered more with Mensch just slips in a, a few more little things, a few little more nods of, I guess, maybe signs of the time as well. So with the homeless, um, this whole homeless homeless people getting murdered, you see the police not too fussed with it. Uh, there's a whole discussion between a police officer and Jenna uh, and the police officer saying, yeah, well, if it was a rich guy... You know, we would get detectives and stuff on it. It's just a homeless guy. Who's going to miss them? And Jenna goes, well, why well, am I? Well, he's a friend of mine, you know, if he got killed. And he goes, well, you know, uh, if you know, if people did care about them, they wouldn't be bums, would they? So there, there's this perception of, I guess, how the authorities view the homeless people and how maybe society views the homeless people, which, which Mensch brings forth. And he also, a bit earlier on in the hospital, when Crawley makes it to the hospital, uh, there's a little, I don't know, maybe a little stab towards the uh, um, the medical system um, in the uh, in yeah, the I, US. There's, I 100% yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. She, um, uh, the doctor seems more interested in, I guess, Frawley's, um, uh, Crawley's, sorry, not Frawley's, Crawley's health insurance than his well-being. And Jenna sets the doctor straight, saying, you know. Um, don't worry, you'll get your blood money. <laughs> and and uh, and she goes, well, look, take me to him because I like to see what kind of care yeah. we're buying. So she's very sarcastic towards him. And I think Mensch is uh, obviously, you know, saying something there. And I feel uh, like that actually kind of hold up pretty well. The scene with Gina and the um, police officer and then, you know, the mm. doctor actually still pulls up pretty good uh, social, uh, social commentary. Mm. And it's a good just dialogue, isn't it? I mean, it, it had me. It, for me, it wasn't. It wasn't just padding. Uh, it actually kept me interested, and and uh, yeah. it was a smart way, I think, of Doug Mensch to to actually just add that in. You know, as a bit of a bit of an extra extra bits to the story. Um, as you mentioned, also. Connor, so with Jenna, these other characters, um, we really do get a fleshing out of of the likes of Marlene, Crawley, obviously, uh, Jenna and her two sons, Ricky and Ray. Uh, this is 
this is pretty cool. Um, and and it's an important issue in the fact that this is where Mark reveals his identity, secret identity, to to these supporting characters. So it's almost a statement from Doug Mensch that okay, these characters they are these are going to be the supporting characters because they now know that Mark is Moon Knight, um, and Mark has offered Ricky and Ray. Um, uh, like a job as kind of unofficial, um, I don't know what you call them, gophers or, or you know, sleuths. Uh, and yeah, and so uh, I think that's a that's a big a big part of this uh, of this issue. Uh, also with Marlene, what I found interesting, uh, apart from her yet again uh, being in a lingerie and uh, a swanning around the bedroom, uh, what I found interesting here, Connor, was her discussion with Mark and. Mensch's kind of fleshing out of Mark's uh, other personalities. So here we see that Mensch really is starting to define Mark's identities um, through Marlene's discussions with Mark. Um, she is constantly saying, um, there is, oh, she's saying, you know, you, you realize you're one person, right? It's not, um, there's not much difference between you and Moon Knight. And Mark is saying, no, no, hang on, there, there are big differences here. Moon Knight, and Mark is describing how different, basically, in character Moon Knight is. So he's basically saying, yep, Moon Knight is this, this totally different identity. Um, and yeah, he keeps on at it. Like uh, She goes, that's bull, Stephen, and you know it, and it scares me. And he goes, no, no, Moon Knight scares you. So, so he's not letting up these different identities. Um, but Marlene is always questioning um, him and the validity of... Of, of, I guess, Moon Knight, the identity as well. So, uh, yeah, we're getting a bit more of that in here, uh, which I th- I found was an important important part of the story. Yeah, I've, I found um, just on that the only one of the definitely one of the weaker parts too was I felt like um, Mensch hasn't quite figured out how to write Marlene. She's pretty paper thin at the moment. I think he yeah. definitely gets oh, there. Yeah, sure. um, yeah probably around like issue 12 and 13 I feel like she definitely mm-hmm. starts to pick up as a character but here she's just kind of yeah she's a good view of Mark's personality that's a great point and yeah something you definitely realise yeah um, and it's a great tool use for writing by um, Mensch but yeah she doesn't quite become that interesting or that interesting as a character until he gets a bit more of a group later on and stops kind of showing her in underwear doing weird <laughs> aerobics <laughs> yeah that's right uh yeah, um, and then of course, so apart from Jenna, Marlene, and her boys, uh, of course we have Crawley, and he's. He, this is one of the issues where Crawley gets a lot under the spotlight, which is really good. Um, what did you think of the twist at the end of him being the the father, like or the father of the the slasher? Uh, look, definitely saw it coming. Um, yeah, but you know, I feel I feel like. Uh, Crawl, you know, you've kind of, I've seen it done better, of course, because, you know, time's passed and different yeah. writers, but I think, you know, even though I saw it coming, him talking about his past and his wife and his son um, was, yeah, really connecting. I feel like yeah, uh, those flashback scenes, you know, Sinkevich does really carries, you know, that deep sadness that Crawley always has to live with and the shocking mm-hmm. end to this issue as well just really drives home that Crawley's a lot more interesting a character than you know, some often that he first appeared to be and then often that he doesn't get as much credit with later. Mm. Yeah, I mean, 
um, he is given, he's blessed with, we do get a, in basically half or maybe one page, we get an origin of Crawley, which is great. He is a, a textbook salesman and uh, life on the road has him falling in love with a bit of the drink and uh, obviously to the detriment of his his uh, his family, unfortunately, and of course that is the decisive factor why the slasher came to be. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess yeah. In hindsight, it, it is it is very obvious as well. Um, I'd like to pick up maybe a little maybe a little blooper here as well, uh, or maybe it, maybe you can explain this to me, Connor, as well. So we get a we get the slasher very very enigmatic at the beginning, right? Um, and he. He comes across Reno Eddie, I think that's his his name, and I'm just pulling up the page now, and and he seems to ask the homeless people the same questions. So he's saying obviously he's in a bit of a mental state, uh, and he asks for a light, uh, and he goes, um, he goes, have you got any wife or kids? Uh, and then he goes, do you have it? Were you in Trenton, New uh, New Jersey, twenty years ago? Answer me, were you? Uh, and you know he, he repeats this to every victim before he kills them. Now, <laughs> you know, not wanting to ripple, cause any ripples in the water here, Connor. Um, so obviously he's traumatized by Crawley leaving. Right, where I'm going with to with this is that Reno Eddie's black, right? Surely he didn't think that he was his father. Like he's looking for his father, right, to kill him. He's looking for Crawley to kill him. So he's asking all these homeless people. Are you, you know, are you the guy, you know, are you, basically, are you the guy in Trenton 20 years ago? You know, did you have a wife and kids? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what I mean? Like, unless, of course, it was some sort of loop, some sort of mental loop that he's in. Yeah, regardless of just his, yeah, reg- his mind's just that far gone. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's kind of what threw me a bit when, you know, at the end, it's like, oh, it's his son. I remember when I first read this issue, I thought that twist was a bit... Um, uh, I, I I can't say I saw it coming, but I just thought it was a bit there. Um, <laughs> I didn't really, didn't really. It's like, what really? Making his why? Why would you want to connect it? Why would you want to make him his son? Like you kind of thing. Uh, it's just too all close knit for the for the sake of being close knit. That was my impression first off. But then like reading it, it's like, well, this guy's looking at people with different backgrounds, and he's asking them, "Are you my dad?" Basically. Uh, but yeah, that could be his mental issue. And that's, uh, yeah, that's... and I actually, um, I think it's a good point of the issue that um, I don't actually find the slasher as interesting or compelling a um, a villain. It's just kind of what happens around him, mm. uh, what the characters go through, and how it sets up a, f- a further status quo that makes this issue better. I like the you know him fighting a slasher, but that kind of side of it just you know it, ga- it gave us good personality to the Crawley, but mm. Slasher himself as a character was just kind of. Nothing in the end, I guess. Just some words and something he was searching for. Yeah, and and the slasher is, for all intents, he's no hatchet man. He's no ex-merc, you know. He's a normal dude who has uh, mental issues, who, you know, unfortunately is around, going around killing people. So he's dangerous in that sense. But up against Moon Knight, up against a superhero, um, no challenge whatsoever, you'd think. So, uh, yeah, so... He wasn't, yeah, he didn't really pose, he didn't seem he posed that much of a danger. Um, but, 
but yeah, the importance of the story came about what what was built around that, and and as you say, him being the son at the end, uh, and, and us finding more out more about Mark's or Moon Knight's supporting characters, uh, that's what's kind of made this this issue for me interesting. Um, I love it also how Crawley constantly has flies swarming around him, even in in court. I think just, uh, he, he's he never a, showers. Never showers. He's combed his hair. He's in a blue suit. He's got his striped tie, <laughs> yeah. uh, but he still stinks. Apparently, um, so <laughs> found that a bit weird. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Uh, any other any other points here? Um, uh, St. Sard is probably the last thing I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, a lot more basic than we'd know to love from later in the 80s, but uh, definitely not bad. I still love how he draws Moon Knight. You know, it's very simple compared to what would be his edgier, you know, more scratchy, incredible style that is just impossible not to love. But Moon Knight has a very great presence. Um, you know, him fighting and the white figure, the colouring, the colorist and inkers do a great job of making Moon Knight stand out in a book that's, you know has a lot of shadows and a lot of darker colours. Mm. Uh, there's some great moments. Um, if I can just find the page. I'm going to keep going. Um, where, you know, his panel work really shines, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, page 19, showing Crawley's backstory. Ah, uh, yes. A fantastic, uh, you know, six, six panels. Mm. Um, uh, <laughs> I love Moon Knight in a, in a hat and a bloody coat. That is ridiculously good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Him jumping across the rooftop is also good. But yeah, it's kind of just... It's still very good, but just mostly okay. Uh, in some yeah. cases, like, very readable, but not what we'd come to love. No, he, he does... He, I mean, and again, you see it in the earlier issues like this one, obviously issue two, he does really good portraiture. Like, uh, the faces. Like There's uh, page 17 of Ricky and Ray. They're under dim light in a car, but um, really a good amount of detail. Uh, again, Crawley, um, as he cries in page 21 after recounting his origin, uh, really nice uh, emotive kind of looks on the face there. Um, and he's, he's definitely got that um, fluidity in motion. Uh, influence from Neil Adams, of course, who... Uh, okay, the one Batman referenced this episode um, was is famous for, for <laughs> Batman. If we get it? <laughs> yeah, uh, and so you see a lot of movement, a lot of fluid kinetic movement of Moon Knight as he jumps and and spins and kicks and stuff. Uh, very lithe, very flexible, uh, and and so we're used to seeing that now. Um, I remember issue one, Connor. You mentioned about Moon Knight's almost inhuman um, pose that he pulled when he kicked two people over his head. Um, almost like a backflip. It was, it was weird. So you get more of that here. So Sinkevich does really good here. The colours, yeah, the colours are good. I mean, they're very, uh, again, uh, not much. I think a lot of colours make up a, a lack of background um, from Sinkevich. I'm not sure if that is in, intentional. I think it's more so maybe something that, maybe something that Sinkevich didn't get around doing. So they just, they just coloured those panels uh, with a flat colour at the back. Um, but having said that, not saying that he's rushed this issue at all. There's some great detail here. So maybe, maybe he just ran out of time. I mean, the the standards that he set himself um, were just quite high with maybe with what he could achieve in the time. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, also, just other little tidbits here. I also like, again, uh, as Jake Lockley, page 17, there's a middle panel here. 
he's helping um, an elderly lady with her luggage from the cab, uh, just made me think, so for a large portion of the day, perhaps, Jake would actually have to be a servicing uh, taxi driver. So I, I thought that would be a really fun thing to look into, like a story-wise, because you know how it's interesting to, you know, conversations with, with, uh, with taxi cab drivers and, uh, you know, what the, the customers that they come across. Um, it'll be quite almost amusing uh, and interesting to see Jake, you know, a day in the life of Jake as he picks up <laughs> some, some just normal people, uh, you know, the, uh, the lifeblood of New York City and see, <laughs> see who he comes across. Um, I thought that would be pretty fun. Um, yeah, but uh, other than that... Um, yeah, uh, just obviously a little bit of Doug Mensch's, uh He talked about his new new weaponry again, the truncheons, and he also addresses um, getting changed into the costume. So he's got a secret compartment now in his taxi cab, rather than what we previously previously saw him getting changed out the the boot of his car. Like, um, yeah, that so was an important update. That was it. Yeah, a bit more covert now. He can just probably get changed within the car and. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, little details here that Mensch addresses, I think, is pretty, um, pretty important. But overall, tone is is pretty good. It's very street level. Um, yeah. So, uh, and and really sets the tone for, I think, I think, um, street level or supernatural, regardless of the the world that Mensch creates for Moon Knight. So, uh, so yeah, overall, a good a good issue. Um, having said that. Uh, and for those that don't know, we do our moon rating now, a highly convoluted system. We Regarding love the, it. We love it. The, the phases of the moon, um, you know, uh, equal to out of 10, I guess. Um, but, you know, half moon being 5 out of 10, full moon 10 out of 10, new moon a 0 out of 10. We've got our quarter moons, all that sort of jazz. So having said that, Connor, uh, Connor Shu. Uh, what would you give this uh, Doug Mensch's issue two, volume one, the slasher? I'd give it uh, the uh, three quarter moon, so about a seven and a half out of ten. Uh, like oh, I said, nice. it's dated. Uh, you know, some, uh, Marlene doesn't quite shine through some dated dialogue, a lot of text. Uh, the slash doesn't quite, you know, really also shine as a villain either. But it does great for Mark Moon Knight. Um, Gina Crawley, there's some still genuinely good um, social commentary. It adds so much to the, the, like I said, those characters and the status quo. The art isn't always the strongest, but it can be super strong and is at least always um, good to look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I feel like I feel like the good thing about Mench's run is that every uh, Mooney fan should uh, read it because you know, no matter how dated it is, there is still something good underneath it that will entirely influence the character to come, or maybe it may even make you love the character more no matter how dated it is, so I'm pretty comfortable in a seven and a half. I'd happily yeah. read this again, and probably will. Yeah, I, I'm happy to read it uh, as well. Again, I, I'm pretty keen to, because um, I've been reading off a digital, but uh, I'm keen to crack open the, the Epic Collection and give that a read. I think I also read it off the Essential, like in black and white, and uh, let me tell you, Sinkevich's art in black and white still works. It's really nice. Um, that that newspaper stock as well from the essential volumes. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, it actually adds to it. It creates a, a nice tone to it. So um, 
Yeah, so that's a good good read, but I might give it another read as well uh, in the Epic Collection, which is in color, uh, better stock as well. Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of um, yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, I would I would give this maybe slightly under yours, Connoisseur. I did enjoy it, uh, and it's definitely worth a reread as well. Uh, I'd rate it above, say, you know, the likes of Shadowland. <laughs> um, uh, I'd give it maybe a seven, so a waning. I think that's a waning, waning gibbous. Uh, so seven out of ten, um, definitely worth it. Yours was seven and a half, was it? Three quarters. Yeah, yeah, three quarters. Yeah, so um, you know, seven point two five average. I think it's yeah, it's definitely worth a read. Um, easily available loonies, worth checking out. Uh, it is different, as Connor mentioned. It is of its time. So I don't know. Um, for for the listeners that are more used to modern. Uh, comics um you there is a lot more dialogue a lot more text um but you know don't see that as a bad thing uh just set yourself a a nice amount of time to just kind of casually go through it and and believe me you'll enjoy it 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 is a a decent run um before we end this uh review of of this issue connor we do have some feedback um from the facebook group so I will again um look I'll 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 take the short one <laughs> I'll give you the <laughs> the longer one. Uh so we, <laughs> so we got a a couple of just a couple of comments quick comments from our Facebook group on issue 2 and the first one is from uh Oscar Gosden Wilson. Uh, hello, Oscar, and thanks for writing in. Please keep them coming as well. We do love to hear from all the loonies, or as many loonies as possible. Uh and he writes, I read this one in the uh, a digital edition of the Lemire run. Right, so that was what I was um, trying to remember, Connor. It was at the end of the Lemire run, I think, the Lemire trade. Yeah, um, I'm not sure whether it was yeah. the first volume or the third yeah. volume. but Yeah, yeah, one of the volumes, yeah. So um, it's available there too. Uh, for those that do love the Lemire run, you'll be able to easily read this. But yeah, thanks, Oscar. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, and and I hope you uh, I hope you enjoyed our discussion of it. Um, yeah. How about the uh, our next? Uh, yes, good there? friend Noel Tate, as we were saying before, found mm-hmm. in Dolobin. Uh, fantastic, love him. Uh, he says, great issue for only the second issue of Mooney's first solo run. Informs a lot of the style of the uh, Mensch slash Sinkevich run, and a lot of Moon Knight in general for years after. I enjoy the Neil Adam. Adam's isms of uh, mm-hmm. Bill's yeah. early art. I first read this as a backup reprint in the, in the back of one of the Lemire trades, mm-hmm. and recently found it in a dollar bin of a local shop. You Quite lucky the find. <laughs> uh, last note: some of my favourite on a matter pier ever. It's just a great summary of what we were saying. Probably yeah, definitely. Somewhat better said. Uh, on a matter pier. Did you did you pick up the on a matter pier? I didn't. I I didn't. Can't say I took notice of that. Oh, uh, like shock. Oh, there you go. The shot. Uh, what else is? It? What have we got? The Bram. Oh, okay. Uh, page 28, Connor. Is it the wank one? <laughs> yeah. I didn't notice that. <laughs> right, yep. Yeah, fantastic there, Noel. <laughs> I'm assuming that's what you're referring to. Uh, yep, yeah, so we do have a wank in there. <laughs> yeah, good, good stuff. Uh, I'm just looking at the other ones. Clash, all the others are pretty standard, except for that one. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Noel. Thank you, Oscar. For those comments, uh, well, that pretty much wraps us up, Connishu, for our first episode of 2019. What do you What do you reckon? You still 
you up vibe, you're interested uh, in, in what's to come? Yeah, bloody earth. Um, I'll be posting something in the group probably the day this goes up. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to get something kick-started. I'm talking with, with Ray. Um, oh, we've yeah. got more reviews coming up, plus some really exciting stuff. I'll, some more guests, some uh, bigger reviews of some more different stuff than we've ever tackled before. It's, yeah. it's going to be a big year and hopefully grow as much as we did last year. So Yeah, absolutely. Really Can't, exciting. Yeah, can't wait. There's so many other things. We've got, um, as for those loonies that have, have seen our moon chart for Phases of the Moon, we do have other segments there that we didn't even come across last year because... Uh, the Eye of Conchu, the phases of the moon had not decreed it, but uh, they pop up this year. So, yeah, the likes of, we've got other segments there. So you'll, you'll just have to wait and and see. Uh, we can't wait to to um, to talk about them. Uh, for Spectacle, okay, for Spectacle, I spoke, <laughs> we chatted before, uh, just a couple of shout-outs. And the first shout-out, I'd like to shout-out the nation of France uh and all the french loonies out there um thank you so much uh, loonies uh, french loonies for for listening um we received a we've received actually the last few weeks or so now a massive spike in french listeners so um i'm not sure what instigated that um yeah i i, I don't know um connor you're not you're not in france are you you're not lying no. to me you're not you're not in Toowoomba. you're in france are you <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but anyway, thank you. Thank you to the French. Um, yes, I hope you will stick with us. And I hope the other countries, yeah, will follow. <laughs> uh, also as well, finally, uh, as a spectacle, a little bit of, uh, you know, a shameless self-plugging here. Um, I, I make a guest appearance on the Epic Marvel podcast this week. It's, um, it is a uh, Marvel 2-in-1 review of the epic collection uh it's episode 1b so fantastic i was invited last year by uh, the host curtis to come on the show uh he's got a whole slew of of uh friends and co-hosts to review so he asked um each of the co-hosts to review one of the adversaries against the thing because basically it's it's uh marvel two in one it's basically the thing versus someone uh so i uh, i talk about the thing versus Gollum. Out of all people, uh, a, a small ooh, Z level character, <laughs> uh, a very interesting one, um, uh, not Moonlight related at all, unless, of course, you kind of link the statue of Konshu with Gollum. I mean, they're both kind of made out of stone. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it was, a, it was a fun thing to do. Uh, thank you so much, Curtis, for, for having me on. And uh, please go check it out, Loonies. Uh, epic Marvel podcast. Uh, check out both of them. Episode one A, one B of Marvel Two in One. Right. So for the next phase, Connor, um, after whetting the appetite for all the loonies for the year of two thousand and nineteen, what do we have next week? Oh uh, yeah, we got uh, a fun little one. I've uh, been cooking this one up for a while. I've been really keen to check it out. We're doing our big uh, trade arc review where we're covering uh, the Ultimate Spider Man. Yeah. Uh, trade. I'll need to look up what it is quickly, but it's the one with the appearance and incredibly heavy involvement of Ultimate Moon Knight. How a very cool. distinct take from someone oh, already man. known for his distinct take on Moon Knight. That is so cool. I um, and, and this is of course from uh, the Phase of the Moon. Next week will be a waxing gibbous. So, um, so that's why we're doing the trade arc review, trade and or arc review. Uh, I can't wait for this one, Connor. I haven't read this, so this will be new oh, grounds. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. You've, you, I've taken. You've read it. Oh, I love the um, oh, 
awesome. Ultimate Spider-Man series. I cannot believe you haven't read this. Yeah, I you need know. to get I, you on that immediately. What is going on? It's the the ultimate ultimate universe. I never got. I never cracked into it. It's kind of like yeah, look, uh, not of it. Much of it's not great anymore. But oh, really? <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember um, with Rick Ball on his Isla Ra, we we did Ultimate X Men, um, and I think that was drawn by David Finch. Uh, I can't remember who wrote it. But that was older. That was okay. Um, but I, I've heard the only good thing kind of come out of that was uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate Fantastic Four, maybe. Um, yeah, I no? kind of just like Ultimate Spider-Man from there. But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, cool. Oh uh, uh, so yeah, so it'll be um, Ultimate Spider-Man Volume Eighteen, Ultimate Knights, I believe. Okay. It's also in, uh, yep, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man uh, Ultimate Collection Book Seven, if that's where you want to read it. Uh, issues, um, uh, issues, hundred and Ultimate Spider-Man, hundred and six to hundred and eleven. We'll have a newsletter on this, but if that's a place to read it on Marvel Unlimited as well, so great, mm. awesome stuff. So get cracking, loonies. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, plenty to read. Plus, all your current pull lists uh, should be a fun week coming up. Uh, finally. Uh, as always, I was thinking about this the other day, Connor Shu. I think maybe we should maybe we should do like a pre-recorded outro, um, unless of course you know you like. That's a good idea. You know, so yeah, yeah, because I've been listening to other podcasts and it's like, ah, oh, that's pretty handy. Like we can just sign off and then we have a pre-recorded of ourselves just saying all this stuff. But anyway, before we do that, <laughs> um, uh. You can find us loonies on email. You can drop us a line on email at ickmoonnight at gmail.com. Uh, we've got a website, blog site, with our newsletters and our podcast episodes um, on intothenightpodcast.wordpress.com. Uh, we've actually also got a, um, a Libsyn podcast page as well. I haven't put it in there. It's, I believe it is intothenight.libsyn.com. Uh, anyway, I'll put that in the in the summary. Uh, Facebook, yep, uh, we're on. We've got the page, facebook.com slash itkmoonnight. We're in a group, a fantastic group, facebook.com slash group slash itkmoonnight. Twitter, at itkmoonnight. And we're on Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube. Just search for Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Um, we also have uh, a little a little shout for iTunes ratings. So if you do love what you're hearing or... Uh, and and you'd like to, you know, to, to like type it in, <laughs> just uh, leave us an iTunes rating. They really help. Preferably, uh, if you can give us five stars, that'd be good. But yeah, obviously, please be honest. If uh, if we're crap, then uh, we'd love to learn from our mistakes. Uh, and this will just give us a, a bit of a bigger um, net um, to cast out there, and hopefully capture other loonies to join our lovely loony community. And finally, we're all uh, we're on all good podcast catches: Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, etc., etc. Oh, Connoisseur, a bit of exciting news! I I moved from Apple to i uh, to Android. How cool is that? Ooh, eh? There you go. Yeah. Are you an Android? Per- yeah, Are yeah. You an always Android? have been. Love yeah, me some I'm, Android. I'm loving it. I'm, I think it's great. It's, it's. I feel so liberated. I <laughs> wonder if we'll lose any listeners because of this. <laughs> no, well, I've, I've I've sampled both, so you know I do like Apple. I still have a, an iPad, which is which is fantastic. But uh, yeah, I feel like almost like the shackles are off with the phone, and it's uh, it's great. So I used to listen to podcasts on Overcast, which is a a very good podcast catcher on Apple. 
Um, but now I use Podcast Republic. So whatever your flavor loonies, um, all the podcast catches, we're available. Um, so yeah, so um, check us out. Right. Bloody lovely. Lovely. Well, Konishu, it has been bloody awesome yet again um, to do this. I cannot wait for our trade arc review. Um, yeah. Um, we're, we're, since we're recording early in the weekend here, um, anything's planned for, for the weekend coming? Uh, the new season of anime shows is set up. I watched that. Um, it's Like I said, Ooh. it's been a pretty cool week for comics. I haven't dug into much. We've got yep. new Criminal, Die... Cat Marvel, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Oh, Tom Taylor. You know. yeah, 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 yeah. Plenty of great well, stuff. So big pile this week. We'll be digging into that for sure. Yeah, I'll be pretty much doing the same. Uh, and yeah, hopefully maybe read one or two Moon Knight stories here and there to, to keep him fresh in the mind. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, uh, sign off now. And uh, I have nothing left to say, but may Conchu watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. Goodbye. and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.